Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced, as all things should be here on a Batman weekend, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. I'm your host, Max Moser, here today, only with one other Infinity Bro, but I think we're going to get a lot of great perspective. I'm very eager to hear his thoughts. It's Infinity Bro, Robbie. Robbie, how are you? I am doing great. I have... Like you said, lots of thoughts. Uh, This movie was a lot to digest, and I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, we have been on our – so we record on Zencaster, and we've been on here for like 30 seconds maybe before. We both were like, let's just dive in. Let's not even talk beforehand. This one's dense, and we got a lot to talk about, and uh, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot. Was this like Christmas for you, Robbie? Because I know last episode you were talking about how your hype level wasn't high. Yet it felt to me as the week progressed towards Thursday or Friday. I saw this Thursday night. Oh, we both saw it Thursday night. Room as we got closer to Thursday night, it felt like my hype was was getting bigger. Is that the same for you? You know, surprisingly, no. I, I don't know what it was, but my my hype wasn't too crazy for this movie until the movie started, and then it was like an instant like like skyrocket. It was Dogecoin going to the moon. Yeah. Like sure. it, it was an instant, like, oh wow, I I'm not hyped enough for this, and I wasn't expecting it to be this good this early. So I would imagine that was a blessing for you and your viewing, but we will talk about that in a <laughs> bit. Uh, some housekeeping items before we do that. We want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system and how we rate things here on this show. So I'm gonna go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible, and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity Snap. Additionally, I want to make sure that you know that we're going to spoil this entire movie top to bottom. This is a spoiler review. It says it in the title of our episode, but I just want to give you one last warning to hop out. We're not even going to give you a review before that. We're just going to dive right into spoilers because Robbie and I are, are, I think, itching to discuss this. Absolutely. So this is your spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. (laughs) Warning. And before we get into all that... Here in the Infinity Bros Podcast, we love nerdy things. And what could be more nerdy than comics? Our good friends over at Brainy Pixel Productions and Mercy Way Studios have teamed up to create Chronicles of Faith, David, an epic retelling of the biblical story of David. We were able to speak with creators, uh, Brandon Hollinsworth, Yvonne uh, Anya, and Ernesto Mena about the creation of this awesome series in a bonus minisode of the Infinity Bros Podcast that you can check out out uh you can find it in the show notes issues zero and one are now available and you can check out some of the beautiful artwork in our reviews of these issues on the daily snap just click the link in our bio go to the infinitybros.com and you can see that issue number two is currently being funded on indiegogo and we want to support these care these creators in this series so that they can continue to build the biblical comic book universe so please check out the perks available to the back to the backers on the link that we will put in the show notes Make sure to check out Brainy Pixel Productions, Mercy Way Studios, other projects as well. The Indiegogo through March is in the link in the bio. How many times can I talk about the link in a bio in a commercial, Robbie? At least three times, uh, but a maximum of eight. Otherwise, that's all you're saying. I am a big proponent in pushing people to the links in the bio. Always have been, always will be. We'll never apologize. 
Do you think they've gone to the links in the bio yet? No. Shoot. No way. Either either you're clicking it 30 seconds ago or you're not touching it at all. That's 100% accurate. I don't know the data on that. I'd like to – I probably should go to iTunes and figure out what the data on that is. There's got to be some way I can look at how often. It's part of the algorithm. Sure. Yeah. And uh, one more thing. Um, usually our typical logo is the Infinity Gauntlet, typical Infinity Bros logo, which is the, created by the same creator we have here. But I uh, just want to give a shout out to Jack Bombert, who made a special uh, Riddler and Batman style Infinity Bros uh, cover art for us uh, given given the week. So Jack, just want to give you a shout out. And uh, if you haven't checked him out, he's also in the link in the bio. I know another plug for the link in the bio. It's four minutes. We haven't talked about the week. Let's get going on it. Robbie. <sighs> I'm not going to hold back anymore. We're going to go ahead and dive into our reviews. But, Robbie, you're not going to go first. You're not going to go first. You're going to have to wait a little longer because we're going to listen to Infinity Bro Mark's review. This came from Mark. Only We're the only three that saw it this week. Um, But this was from Mark this morning at 7.57 a.m. I am vengeance. I am night. I am the Batman. The world's greatest detective is back on the big screen, ready to rock your socks off. Robert Pattinson brings to life the brooding comic book Batman to the big screen. Matt Reeves does a fantastic directorial work with this film. The story told to, the story told is something I believe we haven't seen with a superhero movie to this date. As this movie was taken very seriously, there are tiny drops of the OG campy Batman and little Easter eggs of things to come. The portrayal of the other characters also done was also done with the same at- seriousness as the Batman himself. I'm literally getting goosebumps writing this, thinking about this movie. This Batman is moral Batman. Be- I'm sorry. This Batman is moral Batman. We have been wanting the one who does his best to get rid of Gotham crime and lift up those who try to do the same. This is the best Batman film to the release of this date. In my opinion, this might top my list of favorite all-time movies ever. This film is truly remarkable, and for those who doubted this movie would live up to the expectations, they were sorely mistaken. This is a piece of cinematic history, and no one can take that away from me or you. 69 out of six stars in the immortal words of the collector. <laughs> magnificent. Magnificent. Wow. What a, what a review. Very strong review. Uh, had to fill in some gaps there because Mark was probably so excited. He had weird sentences going on there. Sure. Robbie, I'm going to go next. And uh, I know I, and I want to, I want to talk about my review so as to give you the opportunity to have the last word, I think that's only fair that you are Mark get the last word on this one. Um, <clears throat> so for, for context for me, I come into this movie, I've been pretty vocal probably since the inception of our podcast that I am not as big. I, I like the dark Knight; It's a tremendous movie. Yeah. But I do not think it's like this groundbreaking piece of cinema that a lot of other people think. I think Heath Ledger's death really pushed that movie in a way that others didn't. And the most recent Joker with Joaquin Phoenix I I'm on the record of saying that's my joker and I'll put, and then second would be Mark Hamill. So to me, the title of the best Batman movie is completely up for grabs. And I think this movie definitely took me to run for its money. I have never felt more pressure to give a movie a six on this show. I've never felt the pressure more than this one. Sure. Yeah. I feel like if you're not coming with a six, you better have some good reasons. And I think I have them. So I'm going to sit at a 5.8. Um, I'm going to sit at a 5.8, and, and it's going to sound like I'm dogging the movie, but the flaws are very ticky-tack at best, but there are there are two big ones that I'll talk about as we go. 
Uh, but I don't want to talk about the bad stuff. I want to talk about the good stuff. The things I loved, sure. I said this to our group and I'll say it again. This is the best portrayal of a Batman villain ever. In my opinion, Paul Dano, I think it's better than any Joker thing we've ever gotten. The Riddler is haunting. It's frightening. And I think we're going to see a reimagining of villains moving forward in the Batman with this guy being a centerfold. I think Paul Dano did some amazing here. He, he deserves an Oscar for this. This is tremendous. Um, this is the best commissioner Gordon to date. He, I know he's not commissioner in this movie, but Jeffrey Wright crushed it. This is unbelievable work by him. This is the best Jim Gordon. I agree. Lord by how much Jim Gordon I got. And I was so thrilled with the relationship hitting Pattinson and have Pattinson's great. There's nothing bad to say about Pattinson except for one major thing. And that's emo Bruce Wayne. And I'll talk about that as we go a little more. I have issues with that, which is what drops my rating. It's not like, it's not like this is a bad movie, but it's, this isn't a perfect movie that some people have said. So um, I'm going to give it a 5.8. I really, really enjoyed this. I don't think it's a perfect piece of cinema like a lot of people have said. I know Mark said that. I know, Robbie, you and I really like Chris Stuckman. He has said – he's on record with saying he wouldn't change a single shot in this movie, which I think is tremendous piece of review. Wow. I would That's go check tough. that – I would go check that review out if you haven't. Chris Stuckman's yeah. great. Um, I really, really love this movie, Robbie. I, I, it's going to sound like I don't, but I really, really love this movie. The, the two things that really hold it back from a full six to me are are the some parts where it dragged and emo Bruce Wayne. I don't think that's how Bruce Wayne should be. Maybe in this world, a lot of people will argue it is. But to me, that just doesn't feel connected. But man, the Riddler just that knocked my that rocked my world. Could not have been more pleased with that. Could not have been more pleased with Catwoman, Commissioner Gordon, the Batman himself and the surrounding cast characters. Congrats to Matt Reeves. He absolutely crushed it. He's got a trilogy absolutely. on his hands if he wants it. More. We're going to talk about the future too, dude, but like <laughs> this is this bad boy. If, if this is setting the tone for 2022 for DC, this is going to be the best year of DC. If everybody can match, if every movie can match what this one did, this is going to be DC's best year and we're going to forget about the Justice League. So I'm going to pass it off to you, Robbie. You know what? Uh, I, I'm 100% with, I, I'm with you. Like this, and that might be a shocker to some people who know me and my like love for Batman. I felt that incredible pressure to give this a six as well. And I was laying in bed and I, and I went to this movie at 1045 last night. It's a three hour movie. So I was laying in bed at two, like 15 once I got home and laying in bed and couldn't fall asleep because of that pressure. I was feeling to make this a six. And, and I tried talking myself into it to be like, this is, this has to be a six. Everyone else is calling it a six. Why don't I feel that way? And I kept landing on 5.8, just like you. Like wow. it is, it's so close, but there are things that I didn't enjoy. I think there's, there's some problems to it. Um, and maybe, maybe problems is too harsh. Problems probably isn't the right word there. There's ticky tack things. Like you said, one person said this on Twitter, all of the actors ate in this movie, the Riddler feasted the Riddler made me like, it, it was unsettling, like what he was doing, and, and and this this may sound like a weird comparison, but in my line of work, working with children with autism, we see like a lot of kids doing like these sibbing and these like these these vocals that like don't make sense. So when he's doing all that stuff, I connected straight to that. This is a genius who is is who doesn't know how to control his emotions. And then like his mind goes out the deep end because it doesn't know how to react. So I was able to identify that immediately. And be like, he is negative vocal vocalization is having negative vocals right now. Like, because his emotions 
like and and Paul Dano's like way to act spoke so well in this that I was able to pick up on that. Like he is negative evoking because like the Riddler's emotions dealing with what the Batman was doing to him or, or saying to him, like didn't compute. Um, yeah, there, there, <laughs> the Batmobile scene where we finally got that bad boy, that thing became its own character. Maybe uh, is it too crazy to say that's the best live action Batmobile that we've ever gotten? Not at all. Not at all. I think you could make a case for best live action, like on any aspect on this movie. Like you could argue best live action Batman. It's we already we both agreed best live action uh, uh, Jim Gordon, uh, best live action Catwoman. In my opinion, would you take? Yeah, would you take uh, um, Kravitz over Pfeiffer? Because I think I'm still sitting Pfeiffer. It's close, dude. I mean, Kravitz, Kravitz is close, and that's enough. That's, I think, that's tremendous. I, I think you could argue it. That that's the thing. I think this this penguin I like better because it's more realistic. Definitely. Like, Definitely. like taking nothing away from Danny DeVito because that penguin is great for that world. But this, but the world that Matt Reeves has created, this penguin is better. Um, this Riddler is better because it's more like comic book real, in my opinion. Um, and and I'll end with my review with this and why it's a five point eight. And I said this, I tweeted this out. So I'm just going to read what I tweeted out last night, last night. Um, Matt Reeves, of Batman is a love letter to its predecessors and an eye opening experience to how much more Batman can be like this movie. There are so many callbacks to old Batman films that you can make in this movie and to old Batman comics that you can make in this movie that like, if you've been reading Batman for the last 20 years, this movie is probably a six or 10, whatever you want to rate it. Um, and then, and, and it's, and it's that and more because it can, it, there's so much to grow on in this world. Like he's made a comic book world now on screen that we are going to be able to you know, dive deep into with these HBO max shows. And with he, it, uh, Matt Reeves has said with getting all of Batman's villains onto the screen at some point, like. The building blocks are there for this to be one of the greatest, you know, movie experiences of, you know, to, 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 to match Marvel. I won't, I'm not going to say like the greatest, but it's going to be up there. It could be, it could be that. This felt like going to the next major Marvel movie. Like to me, yeah. I'll say my hype grew tremendously after Chris Stuckman's review. So I heard Stuckman's review on Tuesday. And when I heard that, I was like, I, I texted us and I said, I, Chris Stuckman doesn't say those things. Right. Uh, there are certain people saying this movie is a six out of six, 10 out of six, or 10 out of 10, excuse me, whatever it is. And I, I, we'll talk about that in our ticky tack stuff. But I, I think for me, walking away from this, this is a total experience. This was just like, this was awesome. And I, I respect Matt Reeves for making choices I would not have made. I would not have elected to make this a three-hour movie. I would have cut some of this stuff out. I would not gone full emo Pattinson gothic Batman. I would not have done it, but he did, and I respect it. And everything else surrounding it justifies those choices. It isn't my flavor, but it's still a heck of a great film. And I I have no idea how Warner Brothers is going to be able to hold back from, A, doing a trilogy here, 
But B, how are they not going to want to connect this with everything else? I mean, we've talked about it with multiverse stuff. And Matt Reeves has been asked this. Uh, he was asked by Collider, Frosty from Collider. And, he, and he's like, he said, hey, do you think a Superman could thrive in this universe? And Matt Reeves said, I didn't really build this Batverse per se to have a, a, a Superman. I don't know how WWE can look at this and look at Pattinson's age and not try. I think they're going to get greedy on this. And I don't know how that's going to look, but yeah. it feels like we're kind of right back to where we were with the Dark Knight in some senses. But they have a full cycle of error to learn from. And to me, it feels like they've got the pieces <laughs> yeah, to do. move forward. So I don't know. But and we'll we'll talk about that more. But let, let's let's get let's get into some characters real quick. Um, this movie is super dense, and we're gonna bounce over this a lot. So just just keep that in mind. We, we're not gonna go in sequential order of this film. We might jump to the very end here, guys. So just that's how we do things. Suck it up, choose another podcast. We're gonna get your listen anyway if you're here. So you should have seen the movie already if you're listening this far, so it shouldn't matter where we go. Exactly. <laughs> My feedback and critique on this would be I didn't like emo Pattinson in the context of the dark eyes constantly when he was in the back cave. It felt like he was depressed all the time. They took a depressed um, Bruce Wayne approach here, and I don't know if I appreciated that as much as, as it did, but Pattinson's chops to me were just tremendous. Six out of six in regards to him in the Batman suit. How did you feel about his portrayal here? How 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 did you feel Pattinson was? Because that's a big comparison too that people are making, right? They're they're saying, okay, is Pattinson the best Batman? Okay, is, is uh, you know Val Kilmer? I'm kidding. I'm not saying Val Kilmer is the best Batman, <laughs> but like Ben Affleck. You know, are they saying he's the best Batman? Christian Bale. Like, where where is where are you sitting at in the ranking of these guys right now, Robbie? I I think it's too early to call him the best. I think there is an argument that can be made that he might be the best just pure Batman. I think him and Ben Affleck as Batman are, are, are neck and neck because Ben Affleck had that intimidation factor um, and did a really good job, like seeming like a, a force of nature kind of thing. Um, and I think Pat and I think Pat's and Matt Reeves with the cinematography did that very well. Like he's, he's, he's a, you know, a creature of the night. Like he, like the, the beginning scene where it's like, they just see the sign and, and, and fear is instilled in them. And then he just walks out of the darkness with the boots going and everything. Like the intimidation factor factor is there, even though Pattinson, you know, without the suit on is not, I would say not an intimidating guy. Um, I am sort of on the same uh, uh, wavelength with you on him as Bruce Wayne. I think what Matt Reeves is doing and, and, and who knows, but it seems like he's putting the building blocks for him, for this Bruce Wayne, this Batman to continue to learn. Yes. Um, which is interesting because he's in year two already. I think that's a strength here though, Robbie. I, I think that's a strength of this film that it's year two. I think it's a oh, strength sure. that, you know, he's, yeah. he's halfway really good at some things and the other half he's learning. Like, you, you know, you see the flight scene where he's jumping mm -hmm. from the top of the police tower or the scene, you know, where he's he's driving the Batmobile that clearly he's been recently working on and recently right. developing. I, I I think that's a strength here. And I loved the choice to go year two. Cause it's so I I've heard it, I heard it said by somebody, they said, if you want to write a great pilot, you write a pilot, you write all you write the background information, you write all the things you want these you want your audience to know about the characters, create the plot, blah, 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 blah. Then you put that episode in, in a bag or in a box and you write the next episode. That's your pilot. Episode two is your pilot. 
And I think that's what Matt Reeves did here. And I think it filled these gaps that, because the Batman mythology is so well known, Robbie, everybody's seen Martha and, and Thomas Wayne die. I, I think that was a huge strength here for multiple Reeves. times. <laughs> this really helped Pattinson. This was a layup for Pattinson as his Batman to me. I feel like he didn't, he didn't have to, he just had to say expressions with his face and that's where I get in the frustration of like, okay, you're just constantly depressed. Yeah. The fact that when he's out in public, when he's out in public and he's still like this mopey depressed guy, like the fact that no one was like, this guy's definitely Batman. Like, like didn't make much <laughs> sense. Like, like it just doesn't fit in the realm of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Cause he has to do, you know, he has to do both well. So maybe like, he's got he has to learn that and maybe that's why we have uh the the new mayor what's her name uh oh, is it bell ray bell real bell real like yeah maybe she brings that bella, part out of him because bella bella real bella real so maybe th- that's part of it because she was obviously like trying to harp on him like you have to be part of the city like people need to see your face. You're, you know, a son of the son of Gotham, you know, the Prince of Gotham. That's what you are. Yeah. So maybe that feeds into, you know, the next one. Um, and we do finally start getting like Bruce Wayne being Bruce Wayne, the person that he has to be the philanthropist, the man who's out in the public eye, like random girls, because he has to do that to keep, you know, appearances up. Um, but yeah, do, yeah, my my when I said year two, I meant like he's in year two and hasn't figured that out yet. He's just a recluse. Yeah, like it, it was that that was a little odd to me because um, I feel like that that's that's something that Bruce Wayne should figure out earlier on. But it seems like he's learning. This whole movie felt like a Batman who is still like, even though it's year two, is still learning literally every day. Like this whole this whole movie was over seven days, like of real time. Yeah. And I, and that's, and I was okay with him learning. I got no issue with that. I think for me, it's that with like the relationship with Alfred, Alfred kind of looks like he doesn't really want to help him. And I'm like, that's not Alfred in the slightest. Alfred is all in on helping him. He's the number two. He is just as invested in Batman as Bruce Wayne. That felt off kilter to me, but I personally, I'm not going to call that a issue. Because it's year two. That's that's my that's my philosophy on that. I think I can give that space for Matt Reeves to make that choice. Interesting. So I got a couple questions I want to ask you throughout the podcast. This is one since she, she got brought up, and I just don't see her, us bringing her up again. There's rumors going around that Bella Real is going to be the next Two Face. That that's the route that they're going to go. They're going to maybe consider her for Two Face because she's the one that's going to rebuild the city instead of Harvey Dent. And that would be an okie doke, uh, similar to the vein of Alfred getting, you know, that that bomb in, in this episode. Right. Do you think that's a possibility? Could Matt Reeves try to make this decision and totally throw the cannon on its head? You know that that would be really interesting, and it wouldn't. I don't think it'd be interesting in the in the canon aspect. I think it would be in what they already built in this first movie to really flip from what they've already done. Seems like a long shot to me. But Matt Reeves has proved has, has proven in one movie that he can pretty much make whatever work. I, I don't see that being what happens. I think with all the with all the officers, all the the, the corrupt uh, people that were in the city council and everything going down, right. I think we're gonna see 
other people rise up. And I think we are going to get a, a true to life Harvey Dent. Um, yeah. I don't see them going away from that. Um, I, and maybe the, I'm, I'm probably, you know, this is probably too early for in the podcast, but I think the next movie is going to be more of a hush film. This movie was very hush. Like you talked about this earlier too. This movie references everything, everything, a- everything. Batman this Noir, references hush, court, long Corvals, Halloween, hush, long Corvals. Halloween's like the first, the first like 10 seconds. Um, I mean, this movie references everything. I mean, you're one Batman in some regards, right? Like, I think it's referencing that with how clunky he is. Yeah, I'm totally, di- I'm totally with you, and I'm digging that. I well, in zero, you the bike, the the motorcycle is literally from Zero Year Batman. Like, yeah, dude, it's the that's exact same thing. Crazy. I mean, that just yeah, Matt Matt Reeves does that so flawlessly. I that's where Mark's assessment's really on par. It's like, yeah, he he crushed any form of reference to the previous stuff and like even some of the stuff they did uh was like oh that's that's similar to the dark knight um i like i think of the scene at the end where the riddler blows up all the bombs and the city goes crazy i'm like that that that's that's shades of joker and shades of you know how the dark knight and uh the dark knight rises was kind of doing things it's different it's a different person doing it and the way they go about it was different, but I thought that was fascinating too. Well, you, you talked about it. So let's talk about the future here for a second since we're here. Cause I want to talk, I want to give the other characters their moment of sun. Barry Kagan's in this, in this one, he um, was one of my favorite um, actors in the Eternals movie. It'd been rumored that he was going to be in this for a while. And the rumor was that he's going to play Joker, but that's the other rumor that's coming out is some people think he's going to play two face after watching the end of this movie. Where do you land on who this guy's playing? In that scene, I kept going back and forth. I think, like you said, maybe there's a rope-a-dope here, like where he did the laughter thing, and they're like, oh, it's actually Two-Face, and he's just trying to, like, you know, get the Riddler to be on his side, and he's trying to laugh to, like, because he realizes that the Riddler, although very smart, can be manipulated. Um, I would side on that it is the joker i think that's too much of a rope dope and too much of that's too much of a stretch to me that you'd have him laughing like that yeah. for that long and be like I no agree. it's not the joker i, I don't think there's a rope dope here I, that's the joker he also fits the build of a joker dude the so way he just, looks is makes yeah. sense he's a tremendous actor very hateable very punchable face <laughs> yes 100 <laughs> percent. um i hated his laugh I will I will go on the record and say it's a two out of six laugh. Hate the laugh. Two out of people six. People online laugh, people online it. loved it. People online loved it, and I think I also think it's ridiculous. That laugh was awful. I hate it. It was an awful laugh. I didn't. I don't see the vision, and I hope they fix it because if he is the Joker, that's the worst laugh to date out of all of them. Every single one of them. It's the worst one. He just shouldn't do the. He should, well, Leto was like. Ha, ha. I would bad. take I would take Leto's over his right now. I think it's that bad. I, I just <laughs> and then with that assessment, I don't count like I could have put that in my review of this movie, him, but I feel like that was a tease for the next movie. And so I, I felt like that was not fair to include that in the review because that's a 10 in a, in a Marvel film. That's an end credit scene. Exactly. It's a post credit scene. So that's why for me, I was like, I can't include it. But I, I just had to slip that in there. I don't want to talk too much about him because we don't even know we where we're going no with the rest of this. Let's talk about some other characters here. We talked about Pattinson. I'm going to give his Batman a six out of six. I'm going to give his Bruce Wayne a three out of six. What's what's your ratings of those two things? Because I think those are two different characters. Six out of six Batman. Um, 
it's hard. I, I'm just I'm just going to do a neutral three for his Bruce Wayne. I think it's just a, it's a he's a building block. Let's talk about Zoe Kravitz and Selena Kyle. We talked about this in the review, dude. She is so good in this. I don't think I'm crazy to say that. You think that as well. I think Pfeiffer's better, but Pfeiffer's iconic, and that's the only reason. Kravitz kicks the crap out of Hathaway as far as I'm concerned. This is so good. The chemistry she has with Pattinson, man. I mean, she's going to be the love interest for the for however long this bad boy goes. This was so good. I I loved her on screen. Had a blast. I love the way she was introduced. I love everything. I love that she is early on in her her little career air quotes, if that's what you call it. I love the twist of her uh, who she's related to. I think that was tremendous. How she's related to Falcone. I love the ending with her, how she is like entangled in all of this. I really, really enjoyed Kravitz in this strong six for her. And uh, I think she might get some Oscar nominations from this too. I think her and Dana are going to be the two that get looked at in this film. She did so well that there's a chance that there's going to be a Catwoman solo film. Ugh, and I think she, I, I think she could carry a Catwoman solo film. She, then it better the, be on the, HBO Max. That's my, that's my only like qualm on that. Sure. Sure, and maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a film. Maybe it's a series because they could do a series on that. her too, which yeah. would be just a crime thief series. Like it'd be great. She could carry it though. I think is is what I'm really trying to say. She could carry the screen by herself. It's interesting that she's going to Bloodhaven, and, and it's it's to me it makes it unfortunate that this Batman isn't further along and we don't have a Nightwing in Bloodhaven because then I'd be like a, a Catwoman, like and. And uh, a Nightwing Bloodhaven movie, I think, could be really, really cool. And, and who knows what the future holds. That's that's way beyond where we are now. That's 10 years down the road if we really want to get into the Batman universe. And for a guy that's saying he doesn't want – like he was – Matt Reeves was talking about this is the only Batman movie he was going to do for a while there. And then like now he's like talking about a second one. He sure did a lot of building blocks for other movies. Doing a Penguin show. They're, they're, yeah. like, like, there's Arkham, a lot going on. Arkham Asylum show. It's crazy. Yeah. I agree. Kravitz, six out of six, I think, for both of us. That's I don't know how anybody's going to not hit, give her a six. I don't know how anybody's not going to give her a six. She's, she's great. Jeffrey Wright. This, aside from Dano, is the best performance in the movie to me. I could not believe the relationship that they set up with him. I loved how... Um, how would I how would I put this? It was very informal their relationship. I appreciate that he's the only person in the room that can speak in a joking fashion to Batman, and Batman says nothing or acknowledges him seriously. I really appreciate that about this this Jim Gordon. I appreciate that you can sense this Jim Gordon's integrity just by the performance that Jeffrey Wright produces. Jeffrey Wright's in control of every scene he's in. He clearly has charisma, but also um he commands the room of the other policemen um, on his force, even the ones above him to just be able to wave and bring wave his, his power and bring Batman in. I love James Gordon. This, this, this is tremendous. Six out of six. Je- Jeffrey Wright, man, is having a great two years. <laughs> well, you and I love Jeffrey Wright. Cause we love him from Westworld. Like you and I have been He's great. high on the Jeffrey White, Jeffrey yes. Wright train. Yes. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed his Jim Gordon. This is probably the best Jim Gordon. I, I, I wouldn't go as far to say as he stole every scene that he was in, um, but he he definitely commanded some attention. Like his presence in the scenes in, enhanced. He yeah. makes the detective Batman so much better. It's like he's he is his Watson. 
Because because Alfred typically in the older in the comics or in the other ones, he's the Watson or or Robin would be the Watson. I thought that was cool that Reeves made that decision to kind of, you know, give Alfred the ciphers. But they made they made Alfred the father figure instead of the yes, Watson in this. one. Yes. And I I respect that. That was different. And maybe we're going to let's move on to Alfred because because. Yeah, let's talk about Alfred. him quick. I I didn't. And this is one of my nitpicks is that I didn't get the the fatherly figure until they it almost seemed like they were shoving it down our throats. Does that is that does that make any sense at all? I don't know why I got the feeling. It's just like, no, it didn't. That, that choice didn't bother me. I think circus is believable in that. I think for me, the bigger qualm I have with Alfred is the fact that he wasn't helping. Like he was kind of like judging Bruce for mm. for being Batman still. I didn't like that. It's it's like uh, there's one person in the whole world who should not be judging Batman for being Batman, and that is Alfred. Alfred knows the entire history of him. He he raised him. Alfred taught him to fight. It's like he's like sitting there like he's also depressed that Bruce right. Wayne is become Batman. And sure that that says a lot, but but where Alfred really served service uh, served this movie was in telling the Wayne connections at the end. And you find yeah. out the Wayne parents were entangled in some, in some stuff, which blew my socks off. Well, and that, and that speaks to the differences of this Alfred compared to past Alfreds. Yes. Like he's, he's not like I use, there's not, there hasn't been an Alfred that I don't like. Our previous episode, episode one of the podcast, like we all agree. There's no Alfred. That's never been unlikable. Any circus is just different to the point where he almost doesn't feel like an Alfred because of how they decided to go with him. And, and it's not a knock at him. He, he did great. It's just, he's not your prototypical Alfred where he's, he's also the one that's helping, like you said. So it's interesting the way they went. I, so, and this I, is a I, comic book. Just, just, so for, this is just for me. Go. Yeah. Just go. for clarity. I'm still taking Jeffrey irons over him. I think after this, I think Irons still crushes it in the Batman versus Superman justice league Snyderverse, He did not get enough time. I think he didn't get enough time. I think I'd still take Jeremy irons, but that's, that's just me. Circus is still great. Circus did incredible. But to hit on the Arkham information that, that, that we got for me as someone who's read far too many Batman comics. Yeah. I thought that that was coming. So that okay. wasn't a huge surprise to me. Like I was like, there's going to be a connection with Arkham here. Like early on, I was like, they're talking about the Waynes being like corrupt. And and that's been a story that has been a storyline a few times in a lot of different Batman books where the Waynes are actually corrupt and Batman finds that out and like can't deal with it. Um, I didn't, I, but to hit on that, I didn't see them going Martha, uh, Martha Arkham and being like, she was in like, in Arkham a few times. I did not see that coming. So I, I want to put that out there. I didn't see all that coming. I saw that there was going to be some corrupt stuff that the Waynes were trying to hide. I saw that coming. Um, but I think they did that really, really well. And, and it spoke into the detective side of this, which is, you know, that this is our detective Batman. And, and I didn't speak 100%. on that in our review, but this is what I wanted. It's what was delivered. And I'm so thrilled that we got this, this side of Batman. It's what sets this movie apart. Like if, if you're yeah. going to say why, why this one, the people that are going to say this is the best one, I believe Mark is on the record of saying 
this is better than the Dark Knight. I believe that is what Mark will point to, is the detective side of this Batman. And the best part about it is we're only going to see him get better as time goes on. Um, yeah, I... Uh, let's talk Colin Farrell. Holy buckets, the prosthetics on this. Yeah. Holy <laughs> crap. It looked great. It, I mean, great for being the, the way he looked in the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he so I, I uh, listened to Hot Ones with Sean Evans on the way home. I, I was traveling this week, so I was just listening to Batman reviews basically the whole week. And um, <laughs> he talked about the prosthetics. He said he went to a Starbucks the first time he had this. Nobody in the building recognized him. Like he told awesome. them that he, they, he told them his name, and they were like, "Oh, like the actor." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> like the actor." Like this is this is some of the best hair and makeup I've ever seen. He's unrecognizable and it, it he does and he does a great job. I'm glad that we got him as the penguin moving forward. There's gonna be it probably sucks for him because he's gonna have to do, now do a show and all of that, and he's gonna probably sit in a chair for twelve hours a day just getting that stuff he put on. He said they him. got it down to two hours. So four really? to two to four hours wow. is what he was saying on on hot ones. Yeah, I mean he was he was good. I, I wouldn't say he was like a standout in the film. No, but he was he was an integral part of it. Sure. He's he's a cornerstone you need. Let's talk Karma and then we'll talk Riddler. Because I think Riddler we need a lot to talk about. So mm. um Falcone, you you saw that kind of ending. Oh, a question. Sorry, I have to ask you one more question. Did you back to Alfred? Did you think Alfred was gonna die when that bomb went off? I thought I did think he was dead. Like I thought he was dead at first. Um, and then obviously they did they didn't they didn't even leave a guessing. They just showed you. But yeah, I thought he was going to die and that was going to, I didn't know where that was going to go. That, that raised some like instant questions. Like, are we going to get like a full blown, extremely dark Batman and he's going to go down the rabbit hole and just start murking fools, um, which would have been the wrong choice. And I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was that. I thought Batman was going to lose everyone in this first movie, which would have been wild. I'm glad they didn't. I think it was the right choice, but I'll tell you what, it sure gave me a spook. It worked. I, I believed he was dead for a bit. Carmel and Falcone, John Turturro, Turturro, excuse me. Got to give this guy some credit here real quick. Yeah. So I've been watching Severance on Apple TV at four episodes in. This is a great show. If you're not watching this show, I strongly suggest you check, it, you check this out. He's having a killer year with that role and this role. Um, I thought he was so good in this role as Carmine Falcone. So frightening. I, I totally believed his hands were in everything. Yes, it is referenced in Batman books, you know, like what you're talking about here. Um, but uh, I, I thought for sure. I thought for sure he was going to he was going to kill Catwoman there for a little bit, too. There were so many times where I was okie doked. I thought things were going to happen that didn't like, and that's, that's testament to Matt reason is storytelling. But I think, uh, making him the father of Catwoman was great. Um, just kind of having him, his hands be dirty in the Wayne's history, right. man, that was a, uh, there's a lot of casuals who are going to, that's going to, that's going to blindside them. I really, really like this. I, I love Tuturo did a killer job. Very menacing. It's a bummer. He's dead. It would have been great to have him in the future. I think he would have been, one of those people rising to the top of Gotham. Yeah, unfortunately, he became he became a stepping stone for Penguin to be to, you know rise to power, which exactly. is great. But and I'm glad that we got 
a, a really good Falcone in a movie because we've get we've gotten like hints of the Maroni and Falcone stuff in past movies, but it's never been the real focal point yeah. of the movie. So I was really happy that we got that because in the comic books, their their hands are in everything, just like they were in this movie. They're involved in the Penguin. They're involved in the Joker. Like they've they are an integral part of the Batman universe, and they go they don't get talked about enough. You can do an entire movie almost like this just based on Batman trying to take them down. So it was really awesome to see that connection and for Matt Reeves to go that way and to give us that in-depth look at like just how dirty the city is. And, and, and speaking just for the Batman, like the whole start and, and, and kind of the theme of the movie was he's been doing this for two years and everything has just gotten worse. Right. So yeah. he's been he's been the Batman for two years, and everything crime, uh, murders, theft is up. So like whatever he's doing is not working. He's like people are scared of him, but it's not changing anything. So you have to bring in this Falcone piece and take him down, and have the Batman be the one to do it to actually change things. That's when they at the end of the movie they start talking about things are changing. We're learning. We're getting better, and more people are standing up which became kind of the story of this movie. Like it, this movie is a lesson. It's, it's a lesson for Batman. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a core. It's a, it's a building block. Let's talk about, I think my favorite character in the movie, Paul Dano's Riddler, um, who is the overarching presence in this film. He is the main, uh, antagonist and the person single-handedly moving forward. Every plot device, even to points where I thought the plot was done. He kept pushing things and right. you talked about it in your review about how this felt hauntingly realistic with obviously Dano referencing the Zodiac killer being one of his references. Mm-hmm. Social media has taken to new heights. We obviously use Twitch, but it felt like a Twitch component to this, a network, <laughs> a Instagram live. Yeah. Like a dark web Instagram. Yeah. Kind of just some freaky stuff here that really you didn't kind of see coming, but Matt Reeves had a very clear and concise message to say around this subject and around the subject of individuals, uh, incels, if you will, online who feel abandoned and not taken care of. And this is a great foil in terms of storytelling of both came from the same orphanage per se, Obviously, Bruce Wayne didn't go to the orphanage, but, you know, he was there at Thomas Wayne's thing. And we find out Thomas Wayne is kind of the starting point for this villain's origin story. Right. I'm going to there's a lot to say about Dano. I, I've talked a lot, but I want to give you the floor. What, what were you think about this portrayal? And uh, yeah, dive a little deeper into this villain and, and where he ranks for you all time. So as you guys know, Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker is my number one. Like they're, they're, it, everything Batman related goes back to the dark night for me. <clears throat> right. So Paul Dano's while watching Paul Dano's Riddler, all I was thinking of, this is all like Joker inspired. It's very, very similar to Joker um, in the way that he does everything, um, which is he doesn't pass Heath Ledger's Joker for me, and I, but I can understand if he that's does fine. for people. No, that's fine. That's fine. But like, just to go from like, he has his hands and everything, even though it, it it's, it's kind of almost, it doesn't always make sense that he he knows what's going on. He he's learning. So so what I really picked up from the first scene that we see him in, 
is that this is a man who, like Batman, is growing in his role. Like he, like when he falls over after hitting, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm blaming it on the first mayor, the, the mayor, mayor that he killed. Yeah, the mayor, yeah. I'm blaming it on his name. But when he falls over, like after hitting him, like, like this guy has not done this before. This Don is Mitchell. him. Don Mitchell. Don Mitchell. So this is the Riddler's origin story as much as it is the Batman's. He's just starting out. Like he falls over when he hits somebody. Like, who, like what, what kind of, you know, genius murderer does that? Like he he messes things up and, and he he seems almost sloppy at a to a point like when he's trying to have conversations with Batman and he can't keep it together. Like and and, and like you were talking about, like the dark the dark web Instagram, like that is one hundred percent a callback to the to the to Heath Ledger's Joker, like the totally. Joker with the camera, like sending yeah. it in the mail, like like you can't tell me that's not like, you know, an homage to Heath Ledger's Joker. Hundred percent. The interesting thing that, that I found interesting was that Matt Reeves decided it wasn't like tens of thousands of people follow him. Like he, he doesn't have these like all these diehards. It's 500 people. Yeah, dude. That was so freaky realistic. Freaky realistic. I think in a, in, in a movie, a lot, of, a lot of directors probably would have gone 10,000 people are following him and, they, and they, they think he's like the savior of the city and all that. It's like, I don't think that's really realistic to, to the measures that he's going. He's a terrorist. Like he's legit a terrorist. 500 people followed him and, and, what, and maybe and, and 60 showed up at the end. Yeah. I was going to say 50, like 50 to 60 actually showed up. Like there's only 50 to 60 actual diehards. Like he has 500 people that are like kind of had to have his ideology. 60 people actually follow through And that. That was realistic to me. I think that unfortunately could be accomplished by somebody. Totally. I, I, and this is kind of, this is third act stuff. Cause I think a lot of people have issues with third act. I have issues with the third act. Me. I do. Yeah. I, I didn't like, like you said, where like you thought the plot was over and it kept going. That was my big gripe that it, it went too big to me, like, like bursting the, the sea gates or whatever they're called. Yeah. And flooding the city. And then everyone goes to, Base, the Madison, basically Madison Square Garden, and I was just like that. That just didn't. It didn't fit too much. Yeah, it, they 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 went too big. Yeah, they went too big for me. I didn't think they needed to. I think they were trying to make this you know grand third act. And, and there's parts in that third act that I would 100 percent take. I love some parts from that third act, but there's a lot that I'm just like, mm, we didn't need to do this. Like we could have cut 20 minutes here. And if I'm gonna take a third act. In a Batman movie that's going to terrorize and disrupt a city, give me the Dark Knight. Yeah. G- give me what absolutely. Joker did. Give me what Joker right. did. Makes more sense. And then the whole, okay, the plot's over. No, it's not. Then we go Harvey Dent Two-Face. That felt more smooth than this. Like, I feel like they could have gone, like, the Riddler and his... 50 men capture a handful of like selected officials and they, 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 like they capture the mayor threaten to kill her unless Batman unmasks himself. That's all they had to do. That's all they had to do. And, and it would have been great. I don't think he wants Batman unmasked. I think he likes Batman being Batman. No, no, he did. Which is, I, yeah. which is why, which is why he didn't connect the dots that he was Bruce Wayne. Yeah. 
because you thought was of wild the end, to me. Everyone did. Yeah. yeah, at the end, at the end, I was like, oh my gosh, he just revealed him. But then like he okie doked him again. He's like, Yeah, that Bruce Wayne. I was like, oh my gosh, hold on. Yeah, and Bruce Wayne's like, wait, you mean me? Wait, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce Wayne's flipping out. Yeah, dude, that was well, and that speaks to Matt Reeves knowing the Riddler. Because the Riddler, and this is people, some people's gripes with the Riddler that he's supposed to be so smart. Why doesn't he realize that Batman's Bruce Wayne? And in some books he does, but in a lot of books he doesn't because the Riddler has this ideology about Batman and about Bruce Wayne that he they can't intercept. Like it doesn't make sense in his 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 extreme IQ can't connect those dots for some reason. The Riddler continues to be a villain because he's trying to solve that riddle. Right. And that's that works perfectly. Also, but we'll, I want to keep talking about Dano, but they didn't kill him, Robbie. They didn't kill right. him. They kept him alive. Right. Thank God. I know. I know. They're <laughs> Dude, building like the you and I, gallery. You and I feel like we hold hands on that point. It's like every these movies kill these guys. And I thought for sure they were going to kill him. I thought for sure. Or he's going to kill himself. I thought for sure. Someone was going to kill him. Yeah, I really did. I was so thankful he didn't. Yeah, I, I, I thought from the for him to have the opening scene – that opening scene, murder scene, Robbie, was so dang scary. Yeah. He just shows up in the dark. He's so scary, guys. This is this is an unhinged guy. This is this is different. This was this felt the most realistic. I think that's why I was so scared. He was uncomfortable because I was like, this is real. This felt real across the board. Didn't like it. Uh <laughs> I've have you seen Prisoners, Robbie? Hugh Jackman no. and um Jake Gyllenhaal, he, uh, no, Paul sure. Dano t- plays a character in that movie. All I will say is if you enjoyed his portrayal in this, I suggest you go watch Prisoners. If you have kids, it is a triggering subject of your kids getting captured and tortured. So just know that. But I it's don't like a, that at all. Right. It's a crazy movie, but he has a massive part in it. That was I think that's the re- part of the reason he got this role. So um, we're sitting at 50 minutes right now, Robbie. There's a lot of things. Uh, that we've talked about. Let me uh, just quick couple questions for you uh, just as we kind of start to close I could out. talk. There's so much to talk about. There's a lot. I know. Did you like the journal piece of it? Did you like him like reading, like narrating, like what's going on in the city? With Nirvana in the background? Dude, you you have no idea. Like I was talking about my hype at the beginning when he when like they connected Nirvana, which is Nirvana is my number one band. Nirvana was like my sure. awakening band in high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They connected Nirvana and Batman. And I was like, this is I'm this here. is the greatest. This is where right I right now. away. I was like, this, this is, is a six. This is a six. <laughs> yeah, the Nirvana the Nirvana music was tremendous. Yeah. So how good. did you feel about the the narrating? I could have gone without it, but I I again, this is I have to say, there's a lot of things I wouldn't have done that Matt Reeves did. But I respect it because Reeves decided to go with the classic noir, dark city that's always raining, yellow and black and red tint. And that's just the goal. He he said, this is what I'm doing. Buckle up if you want. And I think Mark would say this if he's here. Buckle up. This is the direction we're going, whether you like it or not. And I respect that. And so I think for me, the journal entry was, man, could could have. That's something I feel we could have shedded to lower the time. Because I do think three hours is a long run time in this bad boy. Um, for a and I don't know if I'd call it an origin story. I think I'm I'm calling this the first film for this character rendition, but I don't know if I'm calling it an origin story. I didn't need it. 
but it gave me more insight into who this character was. I just got big Rorschach vibes. I think that's where most people mm. would probably go. Is you, it's just Rorschach. You got Rorschach out of that, which and I really enjoyed it. I love that he's like keeping track of what he's doing. Um, yeah, that's cool. Which which speaks volumes to him just continuing to learn. I also I don't know if we needed the narration at the end. I think the narration at the beginning to like set the scene for all like for him being like very dark and like people being scared was good. I didn't I didn't really think it was necessary at the end. That would be my only yeah, maybe storytellers are going to say they got to close it the same way they started though, right? I mean, like that's kind yeah. of it's a storytelling thing. This Arkham Asylum show. What are you thinking about it? It's always interesting when you go from a movie and you you got to then build off of that. It we they have to be able to use Pattinson. Like we have to be able to use all these characters. If if, if it's another one of those where all these characters aren't accessible to us, why are we doing it? Who's carrying the show? I don't think WB's ever going to let Batman be used in a TV show. I've said this I've said this for years. You want to make a killer TV show that everybody and their mom watches? Make a Batman show. Make a live action Batman show. No, 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 no. Make an Alfred show of when Alfred was young. I think that's what they should do. Oh, wait, they did that. <laughs> They're still doing it. They're like on season five, aren't they? No, no, no. Make a Jim Gordon show. Yeah. In a, Without in a, Batman. In another world. In another world where everybody's fleshed out but Batman. I So just, just one little gripe because it's going to happen. You you brought it up at the beginning that WB is going to be like, this is really, really good. People are really There's excited. There's no question. And, yeah. And they're going to try to put their hands in it and connect it to all these, to, to like a Superman and everything. As, as much as I would love for the, for DC to make a world like Marvel did, I think that ship has sailed. The only way this works is if they go multiverse. But even then, even then, I don't think they should. I think they're trying to say there's a multiverse without being like, there's a multiverse. Like they're going to, they're going to make everything like connectable in the flash movie. But I would be, I'm, I'm on the fence, but I'm leaning more towards being completely against connecting this to anything else because then WB is going to get their hands in it. They're going to change things. It's no longer Matt Reeves direction. It's Matt Reeves wrote something and then WB changed 75% and Joe and Jose Whedon comes in and ruins it. No one is allowed to touch this, but Matt Reeves. If Matt Reeves says we can connect this to Superman, then uh, then then connect it to Superman. That's my opinion. Can WB have the stones to say that? Yeah. That's the question. I think it would be hard at this point, making this Batman already as vulnerable as they did. It's interesting the the what I can only assume was Venom at the end there when he when he hyped himself up like a form Dude, a, a, an early form of Venom. That was crazy. I, that yeah, was that's, that was insane. Yeah. yeah. So I'm assuming that's an early form of Venom that Batman decided to use. That's the only way Batman could work in a world that Superman also exists. Because this Batman right now can't even glide around a city. I honestly, and, and people might disagree with this, they could have cut that scene completely. I thought that was not needed. I think they needed it to show how youthful he was and how behind the eight ball he was. That was, I'll tell you what, that was painful to watch. 
It was painful. I just that was awful. That was terrible. like Spider Man when he in Spider Man Two. That's another. It's just another nitpick. It's like if yeah. you're gonna be, that's the way he has to fly. Or maybe he's just learning and like maybe he'll come back to it. Maybe like the next movie, it's like we have to figure out like how I can get around the city faster if I get high up and they they address it. Batman doesn't make the same mistake twice though. That's true. But yeah, like a glider, like a glider suit won't work for Batman. That's just not gonna work. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't love it. But like I've said, this whole movie has so many building blocks to it. For for future Batman movies, yeah, oh, that yeah. I can be that I can you know be okay with a lot of those decisions. Besides, the only decision I can't be okay with is the the third act and flooding the city. I thought oh, that, that was, was just what I was going to ask. Flooding the city felt so weird. Like I understand they're trying to clearly the vision is in the next movie rebuilding the city and leaving it brand new to another type of world. Do they call, right? do they call it Batman Renewal? Because Renewal is the big thing in this one. And now it's like legit renewal. They could call it Batman renewal. I didn't love it. I, I didn't. I thought it was unnecessary. I think you and me both agree that like you didn't need to flood the city. Yeah, it felt weird. It just felt it was like such a like. It felt like Reeves was. I don't want to hear that Reeves didn't think about a second movie. <laughs> Matt right. Reeves yeah, no. is totally doing a trilogy here. <laughs> he totally Hopefully is. More. He's making too many weird. Tri- like, again, like they made such a big deal about uh, Barry Kierigan being in this. I mean, they made such a big deal about him. He was on the red carpet. The rumors were flying. He's making jokes about it in interviews. Like there's totally a second movie. Now that he may just be in the background in the second movie. Then the third one, he's the big dog, right? Like, I don't know, but I'm just saying like this, I did not like that Matt Reeves for years. Cause we've been talking about this movie, Robbie, since episode 22. Yeah. Of our show. So, that's that was crazy. That felt weird to, to look back on that. But for him early on, he was like, yeah, this is its own standalone thing. And then for him to make choices like flooding the city, putting a potential Joker in this movie. I just there was some things that like even the Thomas and Martha Wayne stuff feels like shades of Court of Owls to me. Right. And that to me seems like the logical third movie. To me, it feels like Joker in the second one who tears down New Gotham and then Court of Owls does the, basically the same kind of idea as Bane did in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Then you can say whatever you want after that. Hopefully by then you're adding, you know, other members of the Bat family, et cetera, et cetera. Well, have you seen that they think that the mayor's kid could be Red yeah, Robin? I, I totally picked up on that. By the third movie, I think that's a realistic thing. And maybe in the second movie, he they they hint at it. I don't think he, that kid was really young. That kid yeah. was like eight. So maybe by the third movie, there's a possibility of Red Robin. And I've, like they hinted at it, like they put him in a red like ninja suit to begin the movie. Like there's there's some things there, there's a, there's a lot here. Like we could obviously talk much longer on this movie. We're glossing over a lot here. Yeah, I think we are too. <laughs> I think we're, we're going broad strokes on it. I think for me, it's just, this is so tough not to give this a six, even despite the things I'm saying. Um, th- This felt to me, no matter what, so like take off all the negativity I've said, Matt Reeves did a tremendous job here. Michael Giacchino, tremendous score. By oh, Michael yeah. Giacchino. Oh, 
Absolutely. This this, this was score might this might be my favorite Batman score. This is great. This is so good. Um Yeah, and I mean for for Pattinson, who for years has been typecasted as the Twilight guy. <laughs> the sparkly vampire. For Paul Dano, who really just is kind of he finally found that role where he can be full-fledged creep. Because the guy, not to be mean, he's not getting many rom-com deals. He's like, you're not, he, you look at the guy, yeah. you're like, he, you're picking computer nerd behind the screen or <laughs> incel Riddler. <Yeah. laughs> so I think for me, this is just a really, really great total, like it was time to shift everything away from the Snyderverse clearly with WB. Matt Reeves said, this is the vision I want. WB appears to the last three years, finally let their directors do their thing with Gunn and, you know, now here and then with Jenkins. So I, I think this is great. Again, I, I said this at the top of the show. If 2022 is a sign that the directors get to make the final say in their movies, I think we're in for some great films here with Shazam, Flash, and, and Aquaman. And I don't know if they're going to live up to this, Robbie. Black Adam, you mean? Sorry, forgive me. I said Black uh, Shazam, yes. Black Adam. Shazam comes out next year. I don't, yeah. Well, Black Adam, we've been talking about that for 15 years. So Black Adam to me has to Black Adam has to be like amazing because I've talked about it for far too long in my life. Yeah, we do not waste the rock. But Reeves had a vision he executed. I just I'm not gonna listen to people say that Reeves had an amazing vision for one movie. He's clearly got a vision for three. Right. That's my opinion. I think he told them I want to do three, but I'm going to sell it as one and really get the people going. So, but props all of them. I think they did a great job. I'm looking forward to the next one. How was, how was your theater experience? Cause this to me, and and I think you, you had made the comment that you could have watched this at home. Like if this would have been on HBO Max, you would have watched it at home. hundred percent. This movie in the theater was one of the best movie experiences I've had. And I was in a, I was in a decently nice theater. It's like a step down from an IMAX where the music, you know, rocks the chairs, basically the score in this movie and the screen and everything made this movie so incredible. Like this, you, you need to see this movie in the theaters. I would, I would say that to people. That's a good way to put it. I think there's very few movies that I've seen where I go, go see this in the theaters. This is one of them. For the score alone. Cause you're, you'll never get that replicated at home. No, I agree. Like a $10,000. I think I'd system. be saying everything I'm saying right now. If I saw it at home, even Giacchino, I think I would say that too, but that's just max. That's just max. I just give in and pay the bi- pay the bill anyway. <laughs> I complain about it, then I pay the bill. That's that's my shtick. It's my shtick. So, um, what did you think of the Batman? If you uh, if you watch this movie, we'd love for you to uh, join us in the conversation. You can check us out on Discord, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can also email us at the Infinity Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Robbie, thanks for coming on, and uh, here's to hoping that. The next rendition of the Joker is uh, is worth it. It's going to be really, really interesting to see where they go. Man, there's so much more that we didn't talk about. I can't wait to talk more about this. Yeah, I, I I think we'll try to maybe circle back with Mark a little bit. We got to wait for the uh, some more bros to watch this movie. Only three of us. We need the other three to see this movie. I think so too. And I think a second viewing really will help my experience on this. I'm with you. I, I I'm going to take Jess as well. So we we my beautiful wife Jess. Oh. My wife, my, my wife. wife, my wife. <laughs> um, yeah, we need to go. I'm ex- I'm excited to see this movie a second time. Um, 
especially knowing what I know now going into it, I, I'm a, I, I really want to dissect that third act and see if it if it changes the sec- on the second viewing. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what I do too. Can't wait till this one comes out on HBO Max. Uh, Forty five days, I believe. Can't wait. I'll be ready. Zane has a countdown. I'm sure he does. <laughs> well, Robbie, thanks for coming on. Thanks for making time for us. Uh, and thank you, listener, wherever you listen, however you listen. Thanks for making this part of your podcast experience. Hey, if you reach this far and you haven't left us uh, a rating on iTunes or Spotify, we'd love if you leave us a five-star rating and uh, we'd love to read it on the show. I will probably make fun of it, but I still would love for you to do it. And uh, you, you can make fun of me in the process too. And I'll be forced to read it. I won't have a choice. So um, we love you guys 3000. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>